Stadium Series is getting set up right now. They get the refrigeration truck out there, laying down the plastic floor tiles, and they're going to put everything on top of that. I think the weather forecast is looking pretty good. It was gorgeous today. It was great out there. Which is, what's interesting about the Stadium Series is everybody's worried about the temperature. They can overcome the temperature. The two worst things that can happen is the glare from the sun, which can create some some spots too, and rain. Although they can overcome rain, but we don't want the game to be interrupted by them having to squeegee it off rather than it refreezing and everything else. But anyway, uh, all of that is just around the corner. We're under two weeks from the start of the Stadium Series weekend. We will be out there at FanFest on Friday. We'll be out at PNC Arena, Carter-Finley Stadium, that plaza area, ahead of the game on Saturday. And if you've been like, man, I'd love to go, but the tickets are too expensive, no worries. We've got the answer. We've got it right here. We got tickets for you. Dang right. we got a pair of tickets for you and a buddy to be at this game, February 18th. Starting Thursday, listen to us every afternoon for a special keyword. Text that in, and you might be lucky ones to witness history at the Frozen Pond at Carter-Finley Stadium. Thanks to our friends at Window World. So I asked for a heat check. 8605-FAN, 8605-326. Jaleo and I have our opinions on Carolina. We have our opinions on Duke. We have our opinions on State. And I do feel that Saturday was the final blow to any optimism Carolina fans have about some sort of flipping a switch and they'll get hot again and they can get back to the NCAA tournament final and they can have a repeat of 2016-2017. Saturday really put a dent in that for some people. It was rain on the sheet of ice, the thing you don't want. I'll be honest, I, I thought it was going to. I thought this was the game, those feel-good vibes from what they did at Cameron last year. Gone. I thought they would go and get in there, get in the building, feel a certain way, play a certain way, but it didn't happen. Did not happen. I'm also curious about NC State fans. Nice win against Georgia Tech. They got tested. Came through. They won. They're ranked. They're ahead in the standings. And speaking of that weekend with the stadium series, they got a game against North Carolina at PNC Arena the following day. So 8605-FAN, 8605-326. Curious about a heat check. Let's go out to Teddy in Raleigh. Teddy, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Love the show, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy having me over. What you got? Yeah. So, uh, I don't claim to be any basketball expert or guru, even though I love the game, been around the game my whole life. I don't claim to see what's going on in practice. But if you ask me, I think people are so enamored with the Iron 7 that's kind of carried over to this year, when in actuality, I think our depth is our ultimate strength. If you think about all the guys that came back last year, of course, with the exception of Manic, you, you know, enters Nance, who's supposed to be maybe equipotent to Manic, even though that's a whole other story. But what about Styles? What about Dunn? What about Nickel? I think those guys have maybe had limited shine, uh, time to shine, and, and, and in some aspects they've even showed promise. Uh, Washington just came off the bench like a madman. I think yeah. he gave us some great numbers and some great minutes, but I, these guys don't see the floor. Uh, Self Trimble maybe here or there, but I think maybe we can get to the point we can do platoons, uh, via Kentucky maybe that year where they had that stacked team, and not to say we had that much talent, but, I mean, we've tried everything else at this point. Why not get back to letting the horses out the stable, do five-man subs, and get up and down the floor? Duke outscored us on fast-break points. That's totally unprecedented. That's like 
we hit more threes than Duke, which never happens. So I'm really trying to figure out if maybe there's something we haven't tried yet that could ultimately be the key in opening up this offense and really getting us going like with the direction we need to go. Man, appreciate the call. It's- I think I think you know speaking, who you sound like, you, Teddy. You sound you sound like Gilio. No, but you know who you really sound like is Roy Williams. Yeah, you know Roy brought in players, used players, believed in developing players over the, the arc of their career. Mm-hmm. I think college basketball has changed so much now that yeah, I'm with you. Seth Tremble is a guy. If Caleb Love had gone pro, Seth Tremble is a guy who starts for Carolina. He's their starting guard, and it just hasn't worked out that way. I, I think he's better than what he has shown. I think Puff Johnson's a guy. You know, the way that he stepped up in that national championship game, I know he's had some injury issues this year. I think he's a guy they can get more out of. You text me in the middle of the game like, where's Puff Johnson? Yeah. I, at first I thought he had hurt himself again because he was spending all that time right. on the bench, but that actually was not the case. I don't know why that's not happening. And you mentioned Jalen Washington, you know, the one game that he had a real chance against Virginia. Mm-hmm. Showed out a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, Dunn and Styles are in-state kids who, you know, obviously those those programs would love to see those guys more involved, and traditionally that has been the way. This is where I'll give Hubert Davis credit, though. Hubert Davis, just like John Shire, has to come in and do make his own mark on the program. Forever, Dean Smith and Roy Williams' way has been to play guys and use them in moments earlier in their career, a la Luke May, so that when they get into a situation that they are thrust into, they're used to that moment, and then they can deliver in that moment. That has not been Hubert's way. Hubert has wanted to ride his best players. I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that. Worked last year. It did work for him. My, my main concern for Hubert, though, is at some point we ha- he has to prove that the players he is adding to the program can play yeah. and can carry on the standard at Carolina because right now that's not happening. Now, it might be this class, well, which is highly rated, not next year, keep in mind, it's the 24 class. So we're going to have to see what actually happens with them because that's my primary concern. You don't want to be a Mike Davis mm-hmm. in Indiana. Year two, you go to the championship game, and everybody thinks, oh, he's so much different than Bobby Knight, and, and this is all going to work out for us. You know, that's that's a question. That's let's, a real question that he's going to have to answer. Let's strip, out, let's strip out another coach from another program. We can actually bring up Roy Williams. Yeah. And you can go to 2010 where there was a group of guys who hung around following the 2009 National Championship. Marcus Gidner is the first one that comes right. to mind. And this is based off my memory, which is not as good as it used to be. But Marcus Ginyard and the younger guys did not always see eye to eye. Yeah. And out of loyalty, a default to Roy Williams, he probably, he probably played Marcus Ginyard more than fans would have liked to have seen Marcus Ginyard being played. He wasn't alone in that, but you get my point. So that's why I, I put this not necessarily on the players that Hubert's brought in. I put this on the players that have been there the last three years that go back to Roy Williams and his final season and Roy deciding, I'm done. I failed this team. And Hubert Davis was tasked with a huge, huge task of trying to get the most out of this group when Roy Williams felt like he couldn't. A Hall of Fame coach who yeah. beat himself up on his retirement yeah. day. I, I I can't I can't get to I can't get through. You're asking Hubert Davis, who's never done this before, to do a lot. Which and he they did. got to the final. Which he did. So I do think that there is a little bit of grace here going forward. Well, to your point about the players that are coming in. You don't know what kind of players you can bring in when everybody's been coming back. And you say 2024, well, that's when they know. <laughs> that's when they know. All right, we'll take some more phone calls here. We got a couple of Aaron. So let's go to the first Aaron in Raleigh. Aaron, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man, what you got? Uh, I'm a big state fan, and uh, it's it's nice being ranked. It's nice having that national recognition. 
However, historically with NC State, we have not performed well being ranked, and I just think it brings a lot of unnecessary pressure, and I think that it shows that it doesn't really mean anything, and I think North Carolina proved that being ranked number one preseason, and uh, and now they're not ranked at all. So, like I said, it's nice being ranked. It's nice having the recognition, but I just, you know, I hope we don't let it get to our heads and still can finish out the season well. It would be great to get a, a win tomorrow uh, or at least just finish out the season well, but – no, not a huge fan of being ranked. Aaron, let me ask you a question. You ready? Yeah. Who was who was ranked number ten in the country last year going into the NCAA tournament? Was it Aaron? I have no idea. It... No, nobody knows. Aaron, <laughs> you know why? Yeah, exactly. Do you yeah. know why? Because it doesn't matter. It's yeah, it's basketball. Exactly. In basketball, we have a selection committee. We have sixty-eight teams that are then ranked by seed. In football, yeah, it does matter. Being ranked does matter in football, but it, it does not in college basketball. So don't worry about that. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, guys. Yep. All right, take it easy. 8605-FAN. 8605-FAN. Seriously? Is this going to happen all Talk week? about the Super Bowl. We talking about the Super Bowl. Okay. You got another prop for me? Uh, y- no. Oh, we're out of props already? <laughs> Not already. I just okay. wasn't prepared. Can I make a promise that we'll talk about the Super Bowl in the next segment? Will that satisfy legal? Yeah, you mentioned Super Bowl now, so that we should be. Okay, ready. all right. So I'll, that's what I'll do. That's what I'm talking about the Super Bowl. I'm teasing. I'm teasing why I think the oh. Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. You want to talk about the Super Bowl? I have yeah. an unbelievable mixtape tangentially related Ooh. to the Super Bowl today. Even better. Cox, we got tickets to give away during that, or what do we got today? We do have some tickets to give away during the mixtape. Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper. Oh. Very exciting. So be around 445 for that. Let's take a couple more phone calls. We got Aaron and Wake Forest. Aaron, what's going on, man? Hey, I thought I won tickets to the Super Bowl for a second. <laughs> no, sorry, man. Sorry. We don't, we don't, we don't got that Dang. kind of money, man. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I started out. Uh, I went to the Final Four last year. That was heart-wrenching as a Duke fan. Uh, two, I went to college game day this year, and one, it was upsetting that not a lot of Duke fans came, yeah, and there yeah. were so many Carolina fans, and they were chanting Tar, Hills, and Final Four. <laughs> Due to that, Carolina got what they deserved <laughs> on Saturday. Oh, It's all part of it, though, right? It's all part of the rivalry, Eric. What's that about game day? Duke fans need to fill it out next year. Yeah, like, look, I'm with you on that. I was a little surprised that Carolina fans were able to, you know, infiltrate the free event. But I will say this: Cameron Indoor was ridiculous for the actual game. The atmosphere oh, for yeah. the game was off the charts. Uh, I did see a few Duke students carried out due to, uh, we'll call it dehydration. We'll call it mm-hmm. dehydration. And um, I thought it was a good crowd. I mean, they they could have stopped throwing stuff on the on the floor, but. It was as loud as it's been at Cameron Indoor. And I think the reason why is because people understood, hey, man, this is about basketball. I just want to beat the other team. It wasn't about Coach K's final year or any of that stuff, so it was fun. Hey, Aaron, appreciate the call, man. Appreciate it. All right, we got time for one more. we we'll go to Sabah and Carrie. Sabah, what's going on? Hey, Joe, thanks for getting me because I'm fired up. i tell you something. I could not stand that game against Duke. I was driving back from my girls' basketball game and uh, watching that sucker and about crashed the car 15 times. We Hold up, Sabah, 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 Sabah. You were watching the game oh. while driving back? Yeah, I retract that statement. That may have been another game. Okay. okay. So just ignore that I said that. Okay, fair So enough. my point is that what is Huber doing, okay? What happened to the Carolina family? 
he keeps going after all these uh, free agents out there. You know, uh, Nance, he is not Manic. He is Garcia. And the only reason why we didn't see Garcia so much last year is because he left. Hubert would have been playing him over Manic. And if I'm these guys, Styles and, and Nickel and, and Washington and, and Puff and all those guys, I'm leaving. Because why would you sit there in blood, sweat, and tears when you're never going to um, get playing time uh, the next year? Why would you sacrifice for this guy who's constantly looking for the next quick fix? And if he doesn't want to play them within the scheme of the offense, why don't you make them the blue team? Make all the freshmen and sophomore get the five best ones and have them come in about three or four minutes every, like, six or seven minutes to have them play all together so they can have some chemistry so they can actually get better. I don't like where this program is going. We don't even deserve to be an NIT team. 57 wow. points? Whoa. Oh, wow. Wow. Whoa. wow. They're still Whoa. they're still in the tournament. Whoa. Sabah. Hey, Sabah, appreciate it. They can't make a shot. Sabah, Sabah pre- I appreciate it. Please, please, please drive safely. Yes. Don't, don't watch basketball okay. while driving. Yeah. Thank I thank feel you. better now. Thanks. Okay, good. I'm glad you got, got that off your chest. No, they're not an NIT. Team. They're no, they're Come still on. they're still in the NCAA Come tournament on. right now. Now, I mean, they lose to Wake Forest on Tuesday. No, no. I mean, their schedule is set up that they'll they have the opportunity, just like last year, to play mm-hmm. their way into a perfectly acceptable spot. What's North Carolina's tournament. best win this season? Their best performance this year was a loss to Alabama. Yes, was their best That's telling win? Their best win is over NC State. Yeah, that's also telling. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. Coming out of the break with Beyonce Remind me I watched the Grammys last night I always watch the Grammys Grammys Easily My favorite award show It also helps that I still listen to popular music So I I have a good reference point For what the awards are Unlike the Oscars I I don't I mean I watched Top Gun last year That that was good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I saw Wakanda forever. That was, that was okay. <laughs> A lot of these other people are like, what? I don't, I don't know. The Tonys? Forget it. I saw Avenue Q once. That was good. I saw Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Cool. And then you got the Emmys, which with TV now, man, good luck trying to keep up with TV. Oh, that's the worst. TV's, TV's, TV's worse than the Oscars at this point. Because there's so much TV. I started watching Last of Us on HBO. That's so nice good. and bleak. <laughs> so The third episode got me last week. The, yeah, I wasn't ready for I the I saw, I think, the first 20 minutes of the first episode, and I was like, this feels like Stranger Things for HBO. Uh, no. No, 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 no. You got to stick with it. Okay. Stick with it. I, I, I didn't get through the first episode, but I was okay. I, I, I wasn't an active participant. Jessica wanted to watch it. Yeah. And I was like, this really does feel like... St- I'm on this. Uh, Everything is coming is, off of Stranger Things now. All I'm saying is you got to get to episode three so you can see super sexy Nick Offerman. Yeah, anyway, so <laughs> big burly man that he is. Anyway, the point is that I was watching the Grammys last night and it cracked me up because invariably when the Grammys are on, 
it's filled with folks who are like, I don't know who any of these artists are. Where's Huey Lewis? You don't. Stevie Wonder did. Wasn't Smokey Madonna Rock. on there last night? I don't believe that was Madonna. Okay. They might have been a stand-in. Regardless, point is, it was a heavy hitters of pop music last night. You have to actively try not to know who Beyonce is <laughs> or Lizzo or Adele. Reba McIntyre won an award last night. Stevie Wonder and Smokey Robinson did a performance with Chris Stapleton. I know you've know I know you know who he is. And then they did the 50 years of hip hop thing last night. Even I was like, no, no, wait, they brought him out? Joe, they brought Too Short out to do Blow the Whistle. I never would have thought. Beautiful. Right. And never, did he thank TikTok while he was at it? <laughs> right. Never did I think that Too Short would be performing at the Grammys. All right. So it ended up being pretty entertaining, but I just I was cracking up at the people who were claiming I've never heard of these artists. You've never heard of Beyonce? I'll give you Bad Bunny because you might not listen to Spanish language music. Fine, I'll give you that. You never heard of Harry Styles? Have you actively avoided pop culture completely in the last two years? But I forgot. Nothing tops the Super Bowl, so we're contractually contractually obligated to talk about the Super Bowl. Do you have a new prop for me, Joe? I do. All right, one of my favorites. Give it to me. The first play of the game will be a pass. You can get that for a yes, minus one oh four. Now you're not you're not gonna get got this year like you were last year because of Pat McAfee, are I you? I have purposely avoided the touchback okay. prop just okay. for you because fool me once. <laughs> shame on you. What was it last year in the Super Bowl you, you caught this Pat McAfee segment? Yeah, it was like twenty six of the last twenty seven mm-hmm. years. It hadn't been a touchback yeah. or some nonsense. And, and I he think- had like Science behind the ball and yeah. the pressure. And I think you and forgot who Pat McAfee works for. I you did, yes. He works for a gambling company. <laughs> so, yeah, well, they I'm got you. I'm a sucker for a historic trend. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I think Chris but my, my thing was the game's inside. It's not raining like it was in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Like, if it's inside, and also they've moved where they kick off from. So, mm. I don't know why I couldn't. Logically put that together last year, but it took me until this year. Well, to speaking of uh, speaking of Chris Stapleton, he's going to sing the national anthem. Chris Stapleton is yeah. So okay. you should start doing some research on Chris Stapleton well, and the national anthem. You know, you don't have to anymore. Everybody goes over. So. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I told you who's my lock of the week. My lock of the week. My lock of the Super Bowl. Eagles. What's the spread right now? Uh, it's just one and a half. Just one and a half. Eagles. Defense. Jalen Hurts. I think. This is where Joe Giglio will be right. We're getting to the point now where they might miss Tyreek Hill. They've been banged up. Yeah. But, you know, they were you, able to win the other game without any receivers. But can you do that again against that team? Yeah, that it's a, about that's a better defensive front. Yes. You know, I think they can, you know, you can somewhat neutralize the other Kelsey. Can they have someone else pop and, and have a big game? I think that's what it will take. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obies. We'll give you a quick update. And we will get back to Cameron Indoor Stadium, where Hubert Davis opened up his press conference with an interesting statement. But he's not alone in this. We'll explain next. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done. The rivalry continued. You know, all the uh, all the talk leading up to Duke and Carolina on Saturday and how people were going to feel after the game. I mean, we talked about this on Friday. Ah, you know, what if Duke wins? What's going to happen? Ah, now we beat you in the Final Four. Except, that's not what happened on Saturday. There was no, like, ah, well, you know, we last year, last year still happened. I actually think Carolina fans have gotten into a mode where they're not even in the mood to talk about that stuff because that's not what this year was supposed to be about. This year was supposed to be a run it back. Here's this veteran group that almost won a championship, preseason number one, and it's there for them. But they're not taking the opportunity right now, and there's a number of reasons why that's the case. But Hubert Davis decided to open up the press conference. They only got to the three three free throw line three times, and this is what he said after the game. The stat that I'm looking at is going into uh, the game, we had shot 150 more free throws than any other opponent in our conference. And we shot three. Zero in the second half. So that's what I'm looking at. Why do you think you didn't shoot any free throws? Was it? You answer it. We attack the basket. You answer it. We attack the basket. Uh, essentially, Hubert Davis feels that he should have gotten to the line or the team should have gotten to the line more. Uh, in his coach's teleconference today, Joe Hubert Davis says, look, I like getting to the line. I get it. It's it's part of the game plan. They're not the first ones to do it. Duke's done this before, too. Roy Williams has done this, uh, you know, feeding feeding the post, creating the contact, getting the and ones, creating opportunities. But not every game is going to get called like that. And you have to find different ways to win. And that's probably the biggest thing, the biggest problem for the Tar Heels right now is that things have to go a particular way for them to win. And if part of that way to win involves the officials giving you calls and you expect them, well, then that's not going to work itself out, especially when you get into the NCAA tournament and the normal crews are no longer there. You don't know how things are going to go. It's a bad game plan and exposed a lot of issues for the Tar Heels on Saturday. What you want from your half court is to be able to stop a, a you know the bleeding stop a drought and the yeah. best way to do that is to punch the ball into the post and you look at Carolina with 27 threes in this game 27 mm-hmm. attempted threes and I get it college basketball has changed you got more players taking threes than ever before but you know at some point you got to get more than Baycott had 12 12 shots yeah and he didn't touch the ball they didn't feed him in the last 10 yeah. minutes of that game. Now, some of that hey, now, to do. Now, Lively did a great job on him. Let's, yeah. you know, and I think that also applies to why Baycott only had two free throw attempts in this game. But, you know. Something similar happened in the pit game, too. Uh, Baycott was able to fight through a little bit better. Yeah. as Because uh, he was getting doubled. But Lively was on another level, which is what Hubert Davis talked about after the game. And how Derek Lively, who's had his ups and downs this season, and a lot of folks questioning what his impact on this on this Duke team was going to be this season. Well, he certainly had an impact on the game Saturday. He did. Oh, he's a fantastic player. He's a, and, and Duke is a fantastic defensive team. Uh, they pressure you. They do a great job with their quickness, moving their feet. Um, Derek is one of the best, if not the best. Even if he does, even, even if he doesn't block it. His length and his athleticism um, uh, can alter it. That's Hubert Davis on Derek Lively's impact. You were there, so you didn't get a chance to watch the TV broadcast. Um, Jay Billis, who, who really does a, a great job, 
was pushing back on people like me who were like, I, 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 I can't believe there's people out there who think Derek Lively wasn't one of the five best recruits in the country and were questioning why. You know, he was one ranked as one of the top players in the country. It's like, you understand he hasn't played like that. No, he hasn't. In a game yet. He hasn't. Right? Like, Ryan Young has been the post scorer. Now, you don't have to score to be, to have an effect on the game. I understand that. Mm Mm-hmm. But he hasn't had he had five blocks against Miami, so that was a that was a huge win for Carolina. Please mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. But you look at it, he's not a guy who scores a lot. He doesn't have the bounce or the or the handle that you would think that we look at with modern college basketball. To me, on a high end, his best case scenario is that he's Mark Williams. Mark Williams wasn't all that his freshman year. No. And Mark you know, Williams and is an NBA roster un- right now. Unfortunately for Mark Williams, he will be remembered as the guy who got dotted by Caleb Love. That's how the world. That's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, man. yeah. Well, the thing about Derek so I don't Lively, know if I want to be compared to Mark Williams. Like Even I if said, he was the defensive player here in the ACC last year. Like I said, he's in the NBA now, so it's fine. I don't think Mark Williams was in the building last on Saturday too. Sure he was along with Paolo Bancaro. So you mentioned what happened against Miami, where he had the five blocks. That's probably where Duke. You point to the Georgia Tech game yes. where they doubled up the Yellow Jackets as a confidence boost. And I agree with you that confidence really makes things go. And, you know, here we are with, with NC State, too, which we'll get to in a second. To me, Duke's confidence has been growing over the nature of their wins. Tight battles. Yep. Pitt at home, Miami at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tight battles at home. Key plays at the end, a key rebound, a big shot. In the case of Derek Lively, I remember John Shire, you know, off the top of my head, I can't verbatim, but paraphrasing, a consistent way that John Shire has talked about Derek Lively coming on. Look, he didn't have an ideal start to the season. He's still working through some stuff. He's still finding himself, and he felt the confidence in the five blocks in Miami, helping them win, finding a way to help your team win without scoring is key, and that's been my thing about Duke. It goes back to the old Herb Sendick axiom that he told you long ago, the old NC State coach. How are the two ways you can win a basketball game, Joe? You can score more than the other team, or you can hold the other team the fewer points. Ding, 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 ding. And I think Duke's been pretty good at that, keeping the other team from scoring more than you. You just have to get enough production to power through, which I think Duke's done consistently enough. That's where Carolina's problem is twofold. Not only are they not getting consistency offensively, and I can point to you to Chris over at Dagon Box Scores about their points per possession and how low it is historically. I can point you to Brian Ives over at the ACC Network where he can give you their historically low three-point shooting percentages. But that's what this team is. That's what the team has been. And it goes all the way back to Roy Williams' last season. And it goes for the beginning part of Hubert Davis's run as the head coach. And we're seeing it now. The sample size for this core group is this. And I don't see it improving. Are they an NCAA tournament team? Yeah. But this idea that they're going to flip a switch, like they're LeBron and the Heat and it's playoff time, was misguided. Absolutely misguided. So that's where I'll turn into Jay Billis. You know, all the people who thought, hey, they got sunned by Pitt and they turned it around after that and here's this Duke game to give them the vibe. Even the stakes in the Duke game were different. I'm telling you right now, this is not hindsight. This is not me going back and being retroactive and retconning my opinion. I said this last week. Duke last year was a special circumstance. It was there baked in with the Coach K farewell. Those stakes weren't the same on Saturday. Saturday was just a straight-up basketball game. 
straight-up basketball game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and Carolina didn't handle the moment. And there's going to be a heck of a lot more of those going forward into February as you get in this slog because they're going to have another tough matchup for a team that's hungry, by the way, in Wake Forest. This is something that Coach K talked about last year and what bugged him about that Duke squad last year. What would get Coach K ticked off about Duke's team last year? That team was hungrier than you. That team was in a desperate position because they had to make the NCAA tournament and they were using you to do so. Well, Wake Forest is that squad on Tuesday, and I'll be curious to see what happens. Duke's a different animal tonight. Duke's just a quick turnaround Tuesday to Monday. How do you bounce back from the high of beating Carolina? No Derek Whitehead against a good Miami team at the top of the standings. Tough game. Tough game tonight, man. Tough game tonight. Really tough spot. On the road. Ah! Talk about the Super Bowl. We're having a good basketball conversation. We're talking about the Super Bowl. Legal doesn't care. Okay. Um. Oh, bro- brothers, brothers, the Kelsey brothers, Kelsey brothers. I saw that there was an online petition to get mm-hmm. the Kelsey mom to do the coin toss. Oh, that'd be great. That more than a hundred thousand people had that's, signed the petition. That'd be adorable for Mama Kelsey to I do love the that. coin toss. I love that. I love that. So, at what point this week do we go in a full dumb sports talk radio? And rank famous brothers. Mount Rushmore of brothers. brothers. Oh, it could be Mario Brothers well, is on the top, right? Mario maybe, Luigi. Maybe we shouldn't be so misogynistic and siblings. Mount Rushmore of siblings. Mount Rushmore of siblings. I like where your head because is at. Because we would definitely need Ver- Venus and Serena oh, yeah. on that Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. <laughs> okay, Dennis, that's enough. All right. So, <laughs> jeez. Which version of Quicksilver? The fake one? Yeah. Right, because there was a fake one, just saying.